This is Matthew Cratter from Bitcoin University, and today I wanted to do an introduction to what's called the mempool. Every Bitcoin node has its own mempool, so there are actually many different mempools rather than the mempool. Mempool stands for memory pool, and what it is is it's really just a waiting room for Bitcoin transactions that have not yet been included in a block by a Bitcoin miner. So when you sign a Bitcoin transaction and broadcast it to the Bitcoin network, it's sent from node to node across the network. And each node on the network adds that transaction to its own mempool after checking to make sure that it is a potentially valid transaction that follows consensus rules. For example, that the Bitcoin in the transaction hasn't already been spent. That would violate the double spending rule. When a transaction is included in a new block, that transaction is then removed by every node from its own mempool. So transactions are only in the mempool for a certain period of time. Miners or mining pools run their own full nodes in order to see what transactions are available for them to choose to include in a block. And when a transaction is included in a block by a miner, it's considered confirmed. Three confirmations, you may have heard this before, is the equivalent to three blocks that have been mined, including the block that your transaction was included in. If you're sending a large amount of money, if you wait six confirmations or 60 minutes, in other words, six blocks, that should be plenty of time. So each confirmation is approximately 10 minutes. Three confirmations would be 30 minutes, assuming 10 minute average block times. And sometimes blocks come in more quickly. Sometimes they come in more slowly. Now the standard size for a mempool is 300 megabytes. And when a mempool gets too full, it begins to purge the lowest fee transactions that are sitting in the mempool. So if you have the memory for it though, your node could store many gigabytes of transactions in its mempool. We're going to be in this video talking about mempool.space. This is one of the best free and open source versions of software that allows you to look at the mempool. We can see here on the right, these are blocks that have already been mined. We can see the block height up here that, for example, when I'm recording this, we're at block height 823,425. That's how many blocks there's been since the 2009 Genesis block. We can also look in and see how much data was included in each block. You can have a maximum of four megabytes in a block, but really just one megabyte in terms of transactions. So there's also the the, uh, the witness data that can take up more data. That's why you see these numbers are above one megabyte per block. You can also see the average fee rate that was paid per block. So for example, this one was about 195 sats per V-bytes. We'll be talking about that later in this video. The range people paid anywhere from 163 sats per V-byte to over a thousand sats per V-byte. We can also see how many transactions were included in a block. Blocks become full as on the basis of data, not on the basis of the number of transactions. So we can see one block here might be have 1,800 transactions. This block may have 2,500 transactions, etc. On the left here is something we're going to be talking about. So actually on the right here, these are the mined blocks. On the left here, these orange blocks, we can see blocks that are in the process of being mined, or in other words, what it looks like the next block will be. And you can see they'll be mined in approximately 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Of course, that can vary. If we take a look here, we can see what sort of fee rates are associated with these new blocks. 124 sats per V-byte, 160 sats per V-byte. And we can see approximately how many transactions are being included in each block. And once a block is mined on this side, it will appear on the right side. Below this, we can see uh, transaction fees. We can see low priority, medium priority, and high priority transaction fees. And these are measured in terms of the amount of money per data 
that you are paying are willing to pay. So for example, 162 sats per V-byte, per virtual byte. Of course, there are 100 million Satoshis in a Bitcoin. So we can see low priority, medium priority, high priority, and then no priority down here. If we scroll down, we can see the memory usage of mempool.spaces node. They currently have 100, uh, I'm sorry, 1.57 gigabytes worth of transactions in their node. We can see here that the standard uh, mempool size, as we said, is 300 megabytes. And you can you can have obviously store much more in your mempool if you want to, if you're running a big uh, operation like mempool.space, it would make sense. But this gives you a good idea how overflowing the mempool is, that there's this many transactions. Um, even a year ago, sometimes you would see this uh, below 300 megabytes. There are currently 339,128 transactions that are unconfirmed that are waiting in mempool.space's mempool. Again, every node has its own mempool. And this points out that this mempool and most mempools are purging transactions that are less than 24 sats per vbyte. So we can have no priority transactions down here, 48 sats. But if you're bidding 24 sats, you're probably going to be kicked out of everyone's mempools and you're going to have to bid higher if you want to be included in a block. So that's a rough, uh, a rough tour of the front page here. There's lots of nice stuff on here, including the Lightning Network, etc., which we may talk about at a different time. But what we're going to focus on really today are these transaction fees in for transactions that are sitting in the mempool. Before I do that, though, I would ask you to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, share this video with a few friends, also suggest any future topics or questions you have in the comment section below. I also want to link to this donation page for mempool.space. This is an open source project that is funded by donations. So if you begin, begin to use this a lot, I'd encourage you to make a donation, even if it's a small donation, you get exclusive swag, you get your avatar on the about page, for example. So I'll link to that in the description notes below. But let's talk about transaction fees now because it's become a very big issue in recent months. If your transaction has many inputs and signatures, your transaction will take up more space in a block and thus will cost you more in terms of transaction fees. As we said, transaction fees are a function of the block space that your transaction takes up. They're not a function, and this is a very common misunderstanding, they're not a function of the US dollar amount or Bitcoin value of your transaction. They're not a fixed percentage like a credit card merchant fee, for example, which is usually like two or 3% that is charged to the merchant. So transaction fees are not a percentage of the monetary value of your transaction. There are scenarios where it might cost you $5 to send a billion dollars, but $50 to send $100 if that latter transaction takes up more space on the block and has many more inputs and many more signatures, for example, a multi-sig transaction. It's all a function of how much data is in your transaction that you would like to be included in a block and how quickly you would like that transaction to be included in a block. So if you bid a very high fee rate, you'll get all the miners' attentions. They'll snap up your transaction and include it in the next block. If you really bid a very low rate, especially below that purging rate, everyone is going to ignore you, at least until rates come back down and rates ebb and flow over time. So you do need to pay up if you want your transaction to be included in a block more quickly. You need to tempt a miner to include your transaction in a block by paying a nice fee. So how to calculate the transaction, the total transaction fee that you'll pay. 
the total transaction fee is a function of the amount of data in your transaction times the fee rate that you're willing to pay and that the free market is willing to accept at this point. So for example, you may only be willing to pay one sat, one satoshi per fee byte, but obviously fees are much higher than this. And so your transaction, you can bid a very low fee rate, your, tra your transaction just will not be included anytime soon, soon in a block. No one sets this fee rate. It's a free market competition where transactions try to outbid each other in order to get a miner or mining pool's attention and be included in a block. So we're talking about these fees here, these transaction fees, and this is just an indication of what's working at the time. We can see this moving around even as I'm making the video. So no one sets this fee rate. It's a free market competition. Transaction fee, amount of data in your transaction, as we said, times the fee rate. So for example, if your transaction takes up 200 virtual bytes, and the fee rate you're willing to pay is 200 sats per vbyte, which is a relatively high rate by historical standards. Though its rates have been, uh, fee rates have been even higher than that at points during the year. You would just multiply these two, 200 vbytes times 200 sats per vbyte. That gives you 40,000 sats, which at current prices is approximately $17 worth of Bitcoin. Now, if everyone starts bidding 250 sats per vbyte instead of 200 sats per vbyte, you'll probably need to bid closer to that in order to get your transaction included in the next few blocks. On the other hand, if you're patient, maybe you want to wait till the weekend. Uh, for example, on Christmas Day, fee rates came down. Sometimes on Sunday, in the middle of the night, uh, for North America, sometimes fee rates come down. You really never really know when they're going to come down, but they could they could come down. They could go up, and so. When people ask me how much, what fee rate they should use, I have really no way of knowing this in the short term. You can look at historical averages, but it's the same. It's the same thing as saying, asking me, should I buy Bitcoin today or buy it on Monday? I honestly have no idea. You should probably dollar cost average. But I want to teach you about mempool.space so you have this tool. You can watch fee rates over time and really get a feel for this because rates can vary. Vary. They can vary from, as we said, one sat per vbyte up to a thousand sats per vbyte and beyond. And so if everyone starts bidding higher than 200 sats per vbyte, you, you'll need to start bidding higher or you'll just need to wait to have your transaction included later and, and hope that transaction fees come down. So you pick a fee rate that works for you. We will talk about stranded sats, stranded satoshis if you have a 40,000 sat UTXO and the fees are 40,000, it's obviously becomes an uneconomically spendable UTXO. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a later video. If you pick too low of a fee rate, your transaction may never be included in a block and may get purged from most nodes, mempools. Be sure, and this is something I should probably make a complete video about, but I wanted to just mention it in passing here, be sure to always use a wallet that supports what's called RBF, replace by fee, so that you can bump up your transaction's fee rate if necessary. So if, for example, you put out a transaction at 200 sats per vbyte and all of a sudden rates spike to 250 sats per vbyte and you still really need to get that transaction done, what RBF allows you to do is to use another UTXO or some other Bitcoin to pay for a higher fee or to pay for that difference so your transaction is not just left hanging in purgatory. Otherwise, if you don't have RBF and you bid too low, your transaction may get stuck out there in quote unquote purgatory for days weeks or even months until it's dropped from most mempools. I'm going to link in this description notes below to my video about the Sparrow wallet, which is my favorite desktop or laptop wallet that does include RBF functionality. And maybe we'll talk about that in a later video. If you want to get an idea of how much data one of your transaction takes up, I will link to Jameson Lop's calculator here. Basically, you pick the script type. You may need to look that up for 
your particular wallet or your particular uh, Bitcoin address. And there are ways of telling us a link as well in the, to this article from Unchained, where it basically talks about the different kinds of Bitcoin addresses and what, the, what are the most popular ones. If, for example, your Bitcoin address begins with the number three, it's a P2SH. If it begins with a BC1Q, it's probably one of these SegWit addresses, etc. We uh, An example of a SegWit address is pay to witness public key hash, which we're going to be using right here pay to witness public key hash. We're going to say there's just one signature required and we're going to calculate how many, how much data that takes up. If we click calculate the size of that transaction, it would be approximately 79 V bytes. And, and so that's uh, the amount of data that you would need to bid for. If we were using an older type of address like P2 um, pay to public key hash, we'll see that that takes up more data. So the witness version, the uh, I'm sorry, the SegWit version took up 79 V bytes. This older address type takes up 158 V bytes. So this really does vary by the number of signatures required as well as the script type. And so I'll link to both of these in the description notes below. I wanted to end here by showing you a chart of the fee rates over time. This is for the past two years. And we can see how fee rates have been much, much higher in 2023 than they were for most of 2022 and much of 2021 as well. And this has obviously been driven by the ordinal slash inscription slash BRC20 craze where people have been really willing to overbid for transaction fees. Some of this may be institutional adoption coming as well. It's always hard to disentangle this, though you can look at the transactions. A lot of these are just tiny 546 SAT transactions that have been clogging everything up. So I'll link to that in the description notes below as well. Something to mention as well is that you should never enter your Bitcoin address into a public block explorer like mempool.space. If you look up here, you can actually enter a transaction or a transaction ID or a Bitcoin address and you can see everything that's known about it on the blockchain. But if you do this, if you enter this into a public block explorer like mempool.space, you may be leaking privacy. You're almost certainly leaking privacy by linking your Bitcoin address to your IP address. And I think the folks at mempool.space are honest, but you just never know who's looking at this data. And if you use something else, another block explorer, they may be less benevolent about this. And you may be linking your Bitcoin address because no one's gonna look up a Bitcoin address, uh, or at least the probability is that you own it if you're going to all the trouble to look it up on a block explorer. And it could be linked in this way through your browser to your IP address, which could be used to locate you geographically. And if someone's intercepting the traffic going to a website, that could be another way that this data gets uh, leaked. So one solution to that is to run your own version of mempool.space. And you can do this using Umbral, which I talk about in my course, how to set up a node, a full Bitcoin node on a Raspberry Pi and run Umbral on it. And as part of that, you can run all these free apps like mempool.space. And if you do this, it is safe to include your own, uh, to search for your own Bitcoin address or transaction ID because you're running your own instance of mempool.space. I'll also link to that in the description notes below if you're interested in taking a look at my paid course, maybe over the long weekend. I'll put a link down there as well. Also wanted a link as well. I think I just skipped it to this calculator. Obviously there are 100 million Satoshis in a Bitcoin visit. This is a handy calculator just to give you an idea, mental idea of how much uh, 20,000 or 23,000 Satoshis is. It's approximately $10 at current exchange rate. So this can be helpful as well when you're thinking about fees and their dollar or fiat equivalent.
If you enjoyed this video, be sure to hit that subscribe and like buttons. Hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when I publish my next video. And let me know your questions and comments in the comment section below. Thanks a lot for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.